This is Peter Rosenberger, and one of the reasons I wrote my new book, A Minute for Caregivers, is because I remember the sinking, despairing feeling of struggling as a caregiver. No one knew what to say to me. I didn't understand, and others didn't understand me. For decades, I foraged along and tried to find my path through this medical nightmare that Gracie and I have endured for nearly 40 years. And I've learned to speak the language of caregivers. I speak fluent caregiver. No pastor, no counselor, no medical provider, no friend should ever throw their hands up and say, I don't know what to say to that caregiver. Because I do. Give them a copy of this book. It's called A Minute for Caregivers When Every Day Feels Like Monday. They're easy to read, one-minute chapters that speak directly to the heart of a caregiver, and you can get them wherever books are sold. A Minute for Caregivers When Every Day feels like Monday. Friends don't let friends caregive alone. Welcome back to the show for caregivers about caregivers hosted by a caregiver. This is Hope for the caregiver, we're glad that you're with us. If you want to be on the show, 877-655-6755. We're here to help you take it easy. And thank you for that count of Mighty Disco. Hey. <laughs> Just got that Fonzie thing going here. Hey, uh, as usual, as is our custom on this show, uh, once a month we will have our classy Canadian caregiver correspondent call in from British Columbia. This is Tracy Maxfield. She is a nurse of 35 years uh, where she has taken care of dementia patients, Alzheimer's patients, and she brings a considerable amount of experience. Today she's going to talk about a subject that affects so many of us, and that is depression, her own journeys with it, journeys that she's seen other folks go with it, and uh, what to do about it and how how she's how she was able to escape the Rabbit Hole, which is the name of her book, called Escaping the Rabbit Hole, which is a great title for a book. Tracy, welcome. Thank you. How are you? Well, you know, I'm just uh, I'm just doing great. Thank you for asking. And how are you doing? Um, very busy. <laughs> book was published um, just about a month ago. The release party was last Friday, and so just dealing with some of the media and. Just lots of things going on with people wanting to talk about the book. Well, and we do too, and we want to get right into that. Talk a little bit about this book uh, and depression, how your journey has been with it, what you've witnessed with other folks that you've worked with as patients and families in this area, and then offer some tips on it. Sure. So, uh, obviously, I have depression. Um, I wrote the book mainly because I really wanted people to try and understand that what they were going through was actually normal. So I experienced, in layman's terms, um, a really bad nervous breakdown back in August 2015. Um, In medical terms, it's called an acute depressive episode, and I likened it to falling down the rabbit hole. The darkness was so oppressive and... It was just so absolutely exhausting, I couldn't function. And along with the depressed mood and the anxiety and the tremendous sadness and crying and emotional pain, I also experienced 
physical pain. It felt like I was encased in cement and I, I could hardly walk. I was in so much pain and I felt so heavy. And I read a number of books about depression and as a nurse, um, you've dealt with a lot of people with depression and yet no one had ever told me about this tremendous physical pain that you've encountered too. And so as I started to heal and uh, met more people, I decided that I would never want anyone to go through what I would go through because you think you're losing your mind. You think that there's other stuff going on, that this can't possibly be depression. And so I started a blog, um, which eventually became the book. And that I wanted people to understand that depression is much more than emotional illness. It's a cognitive and it's a physical illness. It really is the whole person. And so for those with depression, I wanted to let them know that they are not alone, that what they are going through is part of the illness and that they will get better, that there is hope. But people looking after those with depression or even just anyone interested in learning more, I wanted the book to give them some support and some education of what to expect, what they can do to encourage and support those that have depression. Let me ask you a quick and question and back up just sure. for a second. What kind of pain did you have? Was it headaches or what? What, what? what was the pain that was associated with this? This is the first I've heard of it having physical pain with this. Feels like every bone, every muscle, every joint in your body is weighed down with cement. I and in the book, I liken it to: I woke up in the morning and felt like someone had encased my feet in cement and put cement shoulder pads on me. And the pain is so severe that. In the beginning, you almost feel like you're crawling to get somewhere because it just, it's, it's intense, it's excruciating, it's exhausting. So it's like some kind of oppressive weight just hanging on you? I'm just pushing you down? It's, it's, and it's like it permeates into your cells. It, it, it becomes you. And it's, when you see people, you can see that. They, they're literally dragging themselves. It's like they're dragging weights behind them, but weights that are on them. And it's just, it's a plodding, like just getting from A to B is torture. And as I went through this depression, I discovered that it's actually normal. The more and more people I spoke to identified that they were also going through that. And I just wish that more books, medical books especially, had been more open about discussing that. Do you feel like now that you've, you've experienced this firsthand, I mean, you've really wrestled with okay. this, and you're a medical professional. I mean, you've got 35 years as a nurse. You understand these things. Now, okay. switch that to the prison that you look at with folks who are wrestling with this from a patient standpoint, whether they have dementia or Alzheimer's, because that's your, that's your area of expertise. Okay. And the ones who care for them, that, that are you. There's an old saying that if you got it, you can spot it. Do you yeah. feel like that you can see this now on others much more clearly who are struggling with patients who have dementia, and Alzheimer's, and so forth? Oh, absolutely. 
And I think you've probably heard it. Um, it's not uncommon for many, many caregivers to experience some level of depression. And the exhaustion and the feeling of just so tired and so weighed down, that is a component of depression. And that is adding to everything else that they're trying to deal with. And I think that's why it's so important for them to, to self-care, to regularly see their doctor and talk about what's going on and to share their experiences and their journey with others. And that's why your show is so good in that it opens the door to those people to come and phone you and say, this is what I'm going through. Is this normal? I think that's the thing that we get into as caregivers. We're so isolated that we don't think what we're going through is normal, and it frightens us to expose that. And you coming on here and sharing your own journey with this as a healthcare professional and just as an individual, who, as a patient who has struggled with this, is it, it, it bolsters up the courage of folks to come through and get help. One of the things we talked about in our caregiver tip of the day earlier this this hour was seeing your own doctor, getting some some help professionally for yourself. Absolutely. And yet so many caregivers will not do this. They will not go see their own doctor. They think they're just going to white-knuckle it, get their pers- their loved one through this, whatever. Maybe they're going to just say, well, we'll tough it out for five years until you know, mom or dad dies, and then we'll worry about the rest of it. And this is what compounds the problem. And so are you meeting – as you expose this in your own life to others – how is that being? How, how are you being received with this? Actually, um, the medical team um, that uh, actually attended the book release party were uh, were very grateful that it's becoming a very open topic, and that I'm actually. It's. I mean, it's a very raw depiction of what happened. I pull no punches. I tell the good, the bad, and the ugly side of it but also show that you can work through it and there is hope. Um, I've been invited to go to middle schools to talk to um, teenagers who are struggling with depression, mainly because of the stigma and for them to know that, you know, this is normal, what they're going through, that they can heal, that we can help them. Caregivers, it's exactly the same, regardless of their age. If they're dealing with a terminal illness, an Alzheimer's, a dementia, or even just a physical debilitating illness, depression can weigh them down to the point that their own health will be so severely compromised that committing to five years is going to result in them going into hospital and not being well enough to even enjoy their life after they've cared for the loved one. What was the trigger for you that said, you, when you raised your hand and said, I, I got to get some outside help? I mean, you're, you're smart, educated, you know these things, you're a medical professional, you've been around it. What was the trigger for you that said, enough's enough, I got to get some help? When I counted out pills on the kitchen counter and thought that this was the only way I could take away my pain, and I actually ran and jumped in the car and just drove to get away from that. But that's when I realized... You'd um, hit bottom at that point. I'd, I'd hit absolute bottom, and I needed to go and see my doctor and get medications and just get some help to work through this. 
You know, you know, Tracy, there are people listening all over the country to this show and, and, and into Canada and other places. And there's somebody right now who is at that point. They are so Absolutely. stressed out. They are so discouraged. Absolutely. And and what you're doing by just opening up your own heart to share this is is powerful. It truly is. And I'm I'm very grateful that you're willing to be that brutal and raw with us because that's what it takes. It takes us sharing our own pain like this to let other folks know that they're not alone, that they're not they're not way out in Gitche Gumi land. That's a southern expression I say here, by the way. And and that there is help available. Let me ask Absolutely. you something. When when people want to see more about you, Tracy, uh-huh. you've got a website now. You know, I've been pushing you for a long time to get your website. <laughs> well, um, I it was suggested that I get one for the book. It was not just suggested. It was it was almost demanded of you, Tracy. <laughs> yes, yes. And so um, I now have a website, www.tracymaxfield.com. And part of it is dedicated to the book and all about depression and the information. But there's also another part, which is all about dementia care. And I have my 27 articles that I published last year on there. And also anyone can write in and leave a note with a question or a request that I can respond to. And so I believe education it helps us make safe and informed decisions, and I want to encourage people. Mental illness is nothing to be ashamed of, and similarly with dementia, do not go through dementia, depression. Do not go through this alone. Good words on that, Absolutely Tracy. Not. It's Tracy Maxfield, and that's Tracy with the E T R A C E Y E Y. M-A-X-F-E-F-I-E-L-D, I before E except after C, John. That's it. dot com, And uh, me. please go take take a moment to look at this. Get a copy of this book. You can order it today. It's a wonderful book that Tracy has put together. It's brutally frank. And that's what we need as caregivers is to come together and just open up our chest in this safe environment. That's what we're doing on this show. We're so glad. Tracy, as always, I thank you for this, and I will see you next month on the show. Sounds good. All righty. You've heard me talk about Standing with Hope over the years. This is the prosthetic limb ministry that Gracie envisioned after losing both of her legs. Part of that outreach is our prosthetic limb recycling program. Did you know that prosthetic limbs can be recycled? No kidding. There is a correctional facility in Arizona that helps us recycle prosthetic limbs. And this facility is run by a group out of Nashville called Core Civic. And we met them over 11 years ago. And they stepped in to help us with this recycling program of taking prostheses and you disassemble them. You take the knee, the foot, the pylon, the tube clamps, the adapters, the screws, the liners, the prosthetic socks, all these things we can reuse and inmates help us do it. Before CoreCivic came along, I was sitting on the floor at our house or out in the garage in, when we lived in Nashville, and I had tools everywhere, limbs everywhere, and feet, boxes of them, and so forth. And I was doing all this myself, and I'd make the kids help me. And it got to be too much for me. And so I was very grateful that CoreCivic stepped up and said, look, we are always looking for faith-based programs that are interesting and that give inmates a sense of satisfaction. And we'd love to be a part of this. And that's what they're doing. 
And you can see more about that at standingwithhope.com slash recycle. So please help us get the word out that we do recycle prosthetic limbs. We do arms as well, but the majority of amputations are, are lower limb. And that's where the focus of Standing With Hope is. And that's where Gracie's life is with her lower limb prostheses. And she's used some of her own limbs in this outreach uh, that she's recycled. I mean, she's been an amputee for over 30 years. So you go through a lot of legs and parts and other types of materials, and you can reuse prosthetic socks and liners if they're in good shape. All of this helps give the gift that keeps on walking, and it goes to this prison in Arizona where uh, it's such an extraordinary ministry. Think about that. Inmates volunteering for this. They want to do it, and they've had— uh, amazing times with it, and I've had very moving conversation with the inmates that work in this program. And you can see, again, all of that at standingwithhope.com slash recycle. They're putting together a big shipment right now for us to ship over. We do this pretty regularly throughout the year as inventory rises, and they need it badly in Ghana. So please uh, go out to standingwithhope.com slash recycle and get the word out and help us do more. If you want to offset some of the shipping, you can always go to the giving page and be a part of what we're doing there We're purchasing material in Ghana that they have to use that can't be recycled. We're shipping over stuff that can be. And we're doing all of this to lift others up and to point them to Christ. And that's the whole purpose of everything that we do. And that is why Gracie and I continue to be Standing With Hope. Standingwithhope.com Take my hand, lean on me, we will stay. 